0: Be the love, beyond toleration Be the love, before pride and exaltation Be the love, be the love
1: Be the hope for the You are listening to Be the Love transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial
0: and I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through The Shadows. I am Stacey Musiel,
0: And I am Sam Fernandez.
1: And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take just a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out of your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. Take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in love and light, sending it to all your cells and organs in your body and then breathing that love and light out and sending it to all of humanity. Remembering that you always have your breath to come back to. Today we have Jules DeVito. Jules, based in London, is a transpersonal coach and is the founder of Highly Sensitive Humans, a community for highly sensitive people. She helps those who identify with the traits of highly sensitivity to navigate emotional overwhelm, step into their authentic power, and align with their true purpose in life. Her approach is transpersonal oriented, and she uses mindfulness and compassionate-based approaches to support highly sensitive people all around the world. She has a degree in psychology, an MA in education, an MSc in transpersonal psychology, consciousness, and spirituality. She is a meditation teacher on Insight Timer and a published author through Changemaker Books and John Hunt Publishers. She wrote Resilience, Navigating Loss in a Time of Crisis to help people through the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you so much for being here today with us, Jules. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit, a little history um, about what led you down this path?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So. I've been working as a coach for many years now but what I found was there was a particular type of person who seemed to be coming to me for coaching um, and I identified that I was attracting people who are highly sensitive um, and I'm also highly sensitive myself and I didn't always know what this term meant. It was only about seven years ago that I came across it. There's actually a great documentary called Sensitive. And I watched that and I was amazed because suddenly I realized that there's certain people who identify with certain traits um, which would classify you as being highly sensitive. And um, yeah, I realized that There was a need for people to identify with this label, understand what it means to be highly sensitive and then receive certain tools and resources to navigate the world because it can be quite challenging when you are very empathetic or sensitive um, to be in this world and a lot of people, yeah, need, need tools and resources to really navigate um, what can often be quite a chaotic world. So yeah, so over the years, I um, moved my coaching into the direction of only working with highly sensitive people. Um, And so around that, I also have a membership area where people can access resources to help them. Um, And I use a lot of uh, mindfulness and meditation techniques so a lot of the work I do is about, um, yeah, helping people to be very present in their body. Um, like I said, use mindfulness techniques. And I think, as you mentioned in the introduction, I also base a lot of my work on self-compassion as well. Thank you so
1: much. It sounds like it's been quite the journey just in your own journey, trying to you know, uncover what that is highly sensitive nature has meant for you and then really evolving to help others and I'm wondering if you could just go in a little bit and tell us and uh, listeners that might not be familiar with what is a highly sensitive human
2: yeah also a great question so the actual term is the highly sensitive person And it was Dr. Elaine Aron, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she originally wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, and has done a lot of scientific research to identify that around 20% of the population are highly sensitive. And it's it's biologically based. So they found that in fact, the highly sensitive person's brain is let's say wired Differently from the average person, and we have innate traits that we're born with. We're born into this world with certain traits. Um, so,
1: I forgot what your question was. Actually, sure, am <laughs> I yeah, answering no, it? No, no problem at all. Um, yeah, just kind of explain a little bit what the highly sensitive person is.
2: Yeah. So, like I said,
1: that there's these innate
2: traits um, that we're born with, and there's a lot of scientific research to support that it's, yeah, these biological, it's biologically based and we're we're kind of wired differently from the average person. And it's found also in animals, it's found equally in males and females. Um, So it's almost as if there's a certain part of the population who interact and perceive the world differently from again let's say the average person and I just find that fascinating Um, and it's not to say that there's people who are sensitive and then people who are not I do think it exists on a spectrum I think everyone has elements of sensitivity within them but I would definitely say that there's certain people who really identify with all of the traits. So let's say some of those traits are, yeah, being highly compassionate, being highly empathetic, uh, being very connected to nature, naturally wanting to help and heal others, um, and just being very sensitive to energies or their environment. So picking up on very subtle things in the environment that other people might not pick upon and being very attuned to the feelings and emotions of other people as well. So, I think there is um, a lot of overlap with uh, the traits of empathy as well.
0: Yeah, and um, I think uh, I know for me that um, I could very much relate to that um, being a, a highly sensitive person, an empath myself. And I think a lot of our a lot of our listeners could really relate to. Um, you know, kind of the char- characteristics of a highly sensitive person. Um, but there is, there seems to be a little bit of confusion sometimes between, you know, what is a highly sensitive person versus what is an empath? You know, because there, there, there is a difference. Um, would you be able to kind of just go a little bit deeper and just explain um, a little bit more the difference between a highly sensitive person and an empath?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I said, with the high sensitivity, it's very much uh, biologically based. It is something very innate. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of scientific research to suggest, as I already said, that the brain is wired differently than the average person. I don't think sensitivity is just innate. I do think it is also as a result of our environment and how we interact with the environment. Um, I also, and and this is something which isn't often spoken about, but I do think people who are sensitive um, have a sole purpose in life. um, And there's a reason that we have these traits and we're born into this life for a reason, which I can talk more about in a moment. So I think being a highly sensitive person encompasses many, many different aspects. And one of those is empathy. Um, and I think there's a lot of overlap. So I'd be interested to know your perspective on what it means to be an empath. I think empaths are also sensitive, very in tune with their environment, can pick up on energies around them, but may struggle with um, yeah, differentiating between what is their energy and what is the energy of other people's and may struggle with uh, setting boundaries in terms of those energies um, and may not necessarily have some of the other traits and it may not necessarily be this biological, um, yeah, neurobiological difference that I'm talking about with sensitivity. So, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. And yeah, I'd be curious to know what you think of in terms of what an what an empath
0: is. That uh, that actually that does make a lot of sense uh, to me. And the the definition of an empath, um, the way I have you know read and understood it is um, so, empaths become empaths through trauma. Okay um and for me for example I, I had childhood trauma and that's kind of what unlocked you know the gates of being an <laughs> empath for me um and um i agree with you in the sense of uh the difference between empath and highly sensitive people is that empaths are more attuned to energy emotions around them and that they have a uh, they struggle more than highly sensitive people to like kind of block those emotions and those uh, energies. And pass are more of a sponge to that, right? Um, so that's that's kind of the 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 difference from what I understand it to be. Um, and it kind of sounds like you know we were we were saying the same thing. Um, but I do also understand that highly sensitive people they do have, um, you know, struggles with the energies around them as well. And you know, it, it, it's it's not necessarily human energies. You know, like for me, I I'm sensitive to bright lights. I'm sensitive to strong smells. I'm sensitive to loud noises. So mm-hmm. it's 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 not necessarily the energies that humans themselves are putting off. It could just be the environment around me, right? And um, for a long time, I was really struggling with how, you know, with how I um, kind of fit in, you know, this world and how basically how to kind of be in this world with, with all the, you know, quote unquote chaos going on. Um, but that kind of leads me to another question that I had for you as well. So for a highly sensitive person and an empath, I mentioned some things that I struggle with. What are some other things that they might struggle with that our listeners might think, you know, why is why why am I so sensitive to this, you know? But it could be because you're a highly sensitive person. Can mm-hmm. you kind of just uh, go through that a little bit too?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I just like to say, I, I think what you just said is very interesting, and this is where it can become quite complex and complicated because I don't think the boundaries between an empath and a highly sensitive person and, and trauma let's say are so clear. Mm. I think a lot of the research that has been done like, likes to make very clear distinctions between these different labels and I've also found this with uh, autism as well because of a lot of um, autistic or people who are on the spectrum identify with being highly sensitive So we have all of these different labels and I think uh, many people want to put people into clear categories or boxes, let's say, but I don't think we can do that. And I think you mentioned um, your trauma being like a trigger for your empathy and being an empath. And I think that is also also true for highly sensitive people I don't think they're just born in, we're just born into this world sensitive. I think we have a vulnerability to it, but then we also do experience traumas and we're more sensitive to those traumatic experiences. And that kind of leads us onto a path. Um, And I don't know if you've ever heard of the term the wounded healer. Uh, It's something Carl Jung speaks a lot about and it's something I very much identify with. And I think a lot of empaths and highly sensitive people do as well. So there's a sense of us having been through a lot of difficulties and a lot of trauma, uh, but there's a reason for that. Uh, so I guess I, I just wanna say that I do come from quite a unique perspective in that I don't think we can differentiate the two so clearly as many people like to do. Um And then in terms of because you asked me about the struggles, so highly sensitive people definitely struggle with overwhelm, needing to ground themselves, um, setting boundaries. um, So that that does come up a lot for highly sensitive people, Um, needing to spend a lot of time on their own to recover from, you know, being out in the world and knowing it's okay to do that. That's quite a big one. Uh, And then another one is communication. I find that a lot of highly sensitive people struggle to express their feelings and needs and know it's okay to do that. So again, that can fall into other labels. We we might say um, there can sometimes be an overlap with uh, codependency or them struggling with relationship issues. So, yeah, those are some of the things that I find are the common struggles of highly sensitive people.
1: Now, I'm just curious too, because, um, and just kind of going back to what you were saying before, you know, with the the trauma piece and, you know, with the, you know, trying to find that clear boundary. And I think, you know, I completely agree that I think we try to put everyone in a box somewhere because that, that helps us to feel comfortable, right? If we have a, a label or something to say, okay, well, this is, you know, what I really resonate with, you know, and, and we, we need that too, you know, and so when we, um, in, in the work I do too, as a therapist, I, you know, I work with a lot of people with trauma and, you know, they might come in and their trauma increases their level of sensitivity. So they might be really overwhelmed by, say, going into a crowded area, you know, or maybe some of those um, extreme, like maybe the sensitivity to light, or, you know, the loud noises, you know, that that's like an overwhelm to their system, Um, the trauma, you know, that triggers that. So, I, I wonder, too, because the more I work with people, and including myself, I've gone through trauma that I've healed, and it's gotten easier as I've gone through my own trauma healed, you know, peeled back the layers of the onion, so to speak, you know, and continue to move through that, um, those layers. Um, and as I've through and I've done a lot of the healing work and I feel like I've, you know, I'm, I mean, there's always healing work to do, right. But I'm not as sensitive to other people as I used to be. And I have noticed my, um, my clients aren't either, but I'm also more centered and grounded and I'm not, so I've got, I've been able to use the tools. And so that's really helped. So I feel like a lot of that has been trauma induced, but I'm still highly sensitive, still empathic. It's just not as um, intense as it once was, if that makes sense. Cause now like I have the tools of protection or I have the things that have been able to help me. Have you noticed that with some of your clients or the people that you work with?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like what you said, it's not about, um, So often I get people coming to me and saying they want to stop being so sensitive or they want to get over their sensitivity or Mm. they want to just be okay and not be so um, vulnerable to the world around them. And I always say, well, you know, it's not about getting rid or fixing our sensitivity Mm -hmm. because they are great gifts. The empathy, the compassion, our ability to relate and connect with the world around us is so needed and so important. Um, and we can have, we can really utilize those gifts when we learn how to protect ourselves and have strong boundaries. So actually, I know this comes up a lot with empaths, that idea you mentioned earlier being like a sponge. Mm-hmm. So we, we can still be there and hold the space for other people and help people and be healers without uh, being a sponge and taking in the emotions of other people. Mm-hmm. And I definitely relate to that. I used to, uh, I would say, have really weak boundaries because I also do healing work. I, I work as a Reiki practic- practitioner. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I first started uh, doing practicing Reiki and, and healing others, I I didn't know this concept of not taking on the emotions or energies of other people. Um, And I really struggled with that. So I've had to learn myself as well, that it is okay and actually vital to have boundaries Mm -hmm. and to protect ourselves, but we can still hold that space and be healers and be that presence in the world. It's just uh, knowing that we we don't need to take on the pain of other people. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's uh, really important for people to
1: be aware of. Absolutely. I think that you know, especially as an empath and you know you're learning not only you're healing your your wounds like you mentioned the wounded healer, you know those are wounds and a lot of empaths tend to be the the healers in the world. they because they can relate, they can really. Um, move through that and, and work with others because they have been there and they can have a lot more com- they have a lot more compassion and you know I think that they can ten- they tend to be um, like we tend to overgive give also and so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about just the idea of you know self-compassion and what, I know this can be a really a huge, like a foreign concept for many people, especially the HSP um, and, and for most people really. And so can you tell us about how one might cultivate this and, you know, and, and create this self-compassion for themselves as well as, you know, while they're holding space for others?
2: Yeah, so again, what you said is spot on in terms of um, definitely highly sensitive people are very compassionate, very giving, uh, often outward orientated and wanting to help others and you know really give back to the world. But I often see that they, they tend to neglect their own needs or feelings and not prioritize them Um, And um, with that, yeah, one of the main things I talk about is how we can cultivate self-compassion. So it is actually a practice. It's something we almost need to train ourselves to do when it doesn't come naturally to us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very much inspired by the work of Tara Brach, who is a Buddhist psychotherapist. uh, Kristin Neff who has done extensive research on compassion and Mm -hmm. self-compassion. So a lot of it is really learning how to accept ourselves, embrace who we are, not try to fix ourselves, not try to change ourselves. And I think that's what I love about uh, the idea of self-compassion. There isn't necessarily a goal. We're not necessarily trying to get anywhere we're just trying to really um, hold space and accept all of our flaws and all parts of ourselves because that's another common thing that comes up uh, a lot of highly sensitive people are very um they're perfectionists <laughs> you know they really can be quite hard on themselves quite critical and it's really about learning to accept and love ourselves for all of our flaws so um Yeah, I teach and talk about quite a lot of different practices, but one is, it's called the RAIN method. Uh, It's something I've uh, taken from Tara Brach's work and I'm sure there's other people who use it as well. So RAIN stands for there are four steps. Um, So the first step is to recognize uh, what's going on. So just taking time to acknowledge thoughts, feelings, Um, our critical inner voice um, or recognizing what we are feeling in the moment and then the A stands for just allowing our experience to be there just as it is so often we don't allow discomfort to be there but this is really about allowing and embracing whatever is there without trying to fix or avoid it like I said a moment ago. And then the I is about investigating. So we actually take a moment to investigate and be curious about what is there. So we can even ask ourselves what is needing our attention. Um, And we're doing this in a very non-judgmental way. And then the N stands for nurture or nourish. And we do this with self-compassion. So we might, for example, start to say say to ourselves, I'm here with you, I'm sorry, I love you. Um, So really offering ourselves that compassionate voice that we might offer other people, but learning to internalize that and do it for ourselves. So that was just a quick run through of the the four steps, which is a great uh, practice. And I do have a recording and a handout for this practice. So I'm, I'm happy to include that or attach that to this episode for, for listeners.
1: Yeah, no, that would be wonderful. We can also put any links you have, um, in the show notes. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Uh, and then
0: one thing, um, one thing that I kind of wanted to, uh, wanted to kind of touch on with uh what you were talking about with the the rain method um that's actually the first time I've I've heard of the rain method and it it makes a lot a lot of sense to me um and I think you know with with um highly sensitive people with empathic people to kind of go through our you know our own shadow work you know we have I compared to you know people that aren't highly sensitive or that aren't empathic we have a lot of shadows to go through you know it's like like you said Jules we um we're very critical of ourselves very critical of ourselves we uh we you know have this um just passion this desire to to give ourselves you know however way we can to give ourselves but when it comes to getting back to us you know we we don't want it you know, we don't, we don't want the, you know, I'll take care of you, but I don't want you to take care of me because I'm, you know, I don't want to be a burden. That's kind of my, (laughs) my saying is I don't want to be a burden, you know. Um, But one thing that I'm slowly coming to the realization of is in order for us to, you know, to um, give ourselves, you know, through healing or through service work or however, Feels right to us. We need to be taken care of too. You know, it's like you know, it's it's very cyclical, right? So we need the nourishment as well, or else we're not going to be able to give any nourishment out, right? Um, so um, with the with the rain method, I really appreciated um, also too. You know, accepting what's coming up to the surface. You know, because a lot of us. I think a lot of us highly sensitive or not highly sensitive, if we get angry, we think anger is a bad emotion. You know, it's an evil emotion and you shouldn't get angry. So let's just stuff it down, you know, and let's just try to forget about it. And then, you know, what happens to it, it festers, and, you know, it might, it might blow up, but anger, guilt, you know, sadness, all of those, just like happiness and joy, they're emotions that, that need to be embraced. You know, they need to be acknowledged. They need to be embraced. And just because you're acknowledging and embracing it does not mean that, you know, you're just being mad all the time. You know, you you embrace the fact that, yes, this is a human emotion. Like everything else, this is a human emotion. Um, But uh, one thing real quick, I want to go back a little bit to how you were talking about setting boundaries and grounding. Um, I know for me personally, that's really, really difficult for me to do um so i was wondering do would you have any tips you know for me or for you know the people listening of how to you know ground yourself and set the boundaries maybe just to start out with or you know something that you know because like i said for me i i heard that term a lot but i did not understand what it meant or how to do it can you kind of just go in a little bit on that
2: yeah absolutely so a few things um first of all grounding which is so important. And um, I work very much with the whole body, so holistically and and working with the chakras. So one of the first things I would say is energetically um, learning how to ground ourselves through the root chakra. Um, So I often use a lot of visualizations where, again, going back to the mindfulness and meditation uh, we can visualize actual roots coming from the base of our body and energetically remembering that we are connected with the earth. Um, and yeah, as highly sensitive people, we can often get very lost in our mind or in the upper chakras. Let's say, you know, we might be very spiritually orientated or. Uh, very inwardly focused on our emotions and feelings, and all of that is really, really positive. Um, and again, those are the gifts and strengths that we have, I believe. Uh, but sometimes we just need to bring ourselves back into a, a very embodied presence and being very, um, yeah, centered in, let's say, the the material reality. Um, if that makes sense, so it's it's like finding a balance between these two energies. Um, so yeah, the grounding is very much about learning how to stay, be centered, present. So we can do that energetically through the root chakra, and we can also do that through, let's say, if someone's feeling really overwhelmed, I might say to them, okay, just observe what is around you. Just you know, notice if you can see a plant nearby you know, really look at it, you can even touch it and just bring yourself into, you know, the felt sense of the the world. Um, So again, that's bringing your energy downwards, and being more embodied and centered. And then the other thing in terms of boundaries, um, this is interesting, because I'm actually doing a workshop on Sunday, where I'm talking specifically about boundaries, and connecting with our core self and I believe again energetically the solar plexus is our energy of uh, personal power um, it's our willpower and it's our core almost like the sun I always talk about it in terms of this uh, strong energy that is always present sometimes you might feel disconnected from it but um, even when we go into the shadow, it is there and it's something we can always uh, connect with and feel its presence and feel empowered in that way. And when we're operating from that energy, then we can more clearly discern when we need to set boundaries around us. We can be more aware of when we are getting pulled into um, a situation with someone or when we need to take a step back um, and and protect ourselves. So yeah, again, energetically, I feel it's about learning to be very aware of of our body and uh, the energy body as well. Um, And then practically in terms of setting boundaries, I think it's also really important for us to be able to, communicate what we need and know it's okay to do that so often I think we spoke about this earlier but a lot of highly sensitive people um, feel yeah like they're getting in the way or they don't want to be a burden I think you mentioned the word burden to others so they might just keep quiet or shut down instead of actually articulating what they need and knowing it's okay to do that so it's also about
1: communicating And it sounds like too that there's a lot of um, you know maybe communicating your needs but also trusting you know what you want And so I think there's you know maybe some energy around you know I I, I don't know if this is an empathic thing or something that I've just noticed you know with a lot of empaths um, you know that, they might um, struggle with that you know they they people have told them their whole lives oh you shouldn't feel that way or you know you don't want that or you know these messages that really minimizes what they want and so learning to bring that personal power back and saying you know this is what i want and i trust that i know what's best for me have you noticed that to be a pattern Yeah, absolutely.
2: And it's interesting because a lot of highly sensitive people are also um, in relation to the Myers-Briggs Jungian typologies, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of highly sensitive people are intuitive, introverted, so like INFJ, INFP types. Mm -hmm. Um, the rarest right yeah exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so they operate from a very intuitive uh way of being with the world so this is what's interesting to me we're not taught to trust our intuition we're not taught that our intuition is a valid way of knowing so you know let's say when we're growing up at school we're taught that intellect from the mind is how we know things. Um, we have to have evidence, or concrete evidence to say something is true or not, but actually our intuition is a very valid sense. It's a very valid way of knowing. And yeah, highly sensitive people might, might not trust that their intuition is letting them know something or they're actually very in tune with uh, the reality of a situation so they can pick up energies and get a sense of something but then they doubt themselves because they think oh no maybe I'm just making it up that kind of
1: thing Mm -hmm. so yeah I think there's definitely a a relationship there Mm -hmm. are there certain things that you help your clients with to tune into that intuition and trust that so that they can move forward and making that decision for themselves
2: Yeah, uh, so similar to what I just mentioned in terms of connecting with the body and the felt sense, you know, listening to sensations in the body, listening to, you know, let's say that gut feeling, well, feel into that, ask it what it's trying to tell you. So I think our body is very intelligent and there's always a reason something is coming to the surface there's always a reason that we have a sensation or even a dream Mm -hmm. so you know working with dreams as well what is that dream trying to communicate with you Mm -hmm. and then again with the the solar plexus um, that is also related to the the core self and the intuitive self Um, so really knowing that yeah we have so much intelligence that is often masked by these different parts of ourselves as well that we start to um develop throughout our lives Um, and it's like you know peeling back those layers and getting to the the core self or the or the higher self as well you know knowing that we're connected to this um, greater spiritual collective consciousness and that wisdom and i think that's really important
1: too Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, Sam, I thought you were gonna say something. (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely. Um, Oh, well, wonderful. Um, Well, thank you, Jules. Um, Tell us a little bit about what your um, work, where our listeners can find you and what you're currently working on.
2: Yeah, so the best way to find me is through my website, which is highlysensitivehumans.com. And on there, I have a lot of free resources for highly sensitive people where they can access tools and meditations. Uh, I also have my meditations on Insight Timer, the app Insight Timer. Mm -hmm. So all of those resources are freely available. I have a Facebook group also called Highly Sensitive Humans. Um, And yeah, my own podcast, which is under the same name. And then something I'm working on at the moment is I'm really passionate about building a community and us supporting each other as highly sensitive people. So I really want to bring people together and for us to be aware that we're not alone We're not the only ones that experience the world in the way that we do. So I have a growing uh, membership area where people can access uh, more resources and meditations. And we meet twice a month for live workshops. Um, And like I said, I have one coming up on Sunday, which is all about boundaries. And then at the end of each month, I have something called The Healing Space, And that is more like an open forum where people can come and share their experiences and we can just have a conversation about what's going on for us and how we're learning to navigate the world. And again, just have that community connection. And the thing I love about it at the moment is because everything's online, it's people from all over the world. And I think just having that, you know knowing that we're in different parts of the world but we all have this shared um human experience is really incredible
1: so jules um so you you kind of brought us through a little bit of the steps around the rain method earlier i'm wondering if you could provide maybe the process a little bit more in depth um as a meditation for us today yeah
2: absolutely i'm happy to lead you through that now so Yeah, if you want to just make yourself comfortable and just settling into your chair or wherever you're sat. And if you're able to do so, you can close your eyes, but you can also keep them open. So just taking a few deep breaths, inhaling through your nose and out through your mouth. Making the exhale slightly longer, just beginning to recognize what's present in the body, in the mind, recognizing what emotions. What thoughts are arising? You can even ask yourself, What is happening inside me right now? So you might be able to label certain emotions or feelings. And again, just notice what stories, what thoughts or beliefs might be coming up for you right now. We're simply going to allow what is present to simply be there as it is. you can ask yourself, can I rest with this experience just as it is? So see if you can use your in and out breath to surrender to what is there without trying to push or change anything. Just notice how it feels to surrender and to let it be and to allow. And then just continuing to breathe at a normal pace. We're going to take it a step further and simply investigate with a kind and compassionate awareness. So being aware of all that is present, you can ask yourself, what is looking for your attention? How am I experiencing this feeling or these feelings in my body? So really going in, inwards and investigating all that is present for us with a non-judgmental awareness simply being curious As we continue, we're going to nourish or nurture with compassion and kindness, whatever has arisen, whatever is present for us. So we're moving away from the idea that there is good or bad or positive or negative. It's simply allowing all to be there and nourishing all of our emotions, nourishing all parts of ourselves. So you could even place your hand on your heart, if you'd like to do so. And just repeating to yourself in your own words, in your mind, you can say, I care for my emotions, or I care for my hurt or my pain. I accept all parts of me. Really feeling that nurture that you're providing for yourself. Really feeling that energy and allowing your heart to soften in the process. really noticing what shifts as you allow yourself to receive this nurture, this care. Just knowing that you can always bring yourself back to this practice of recognising what's present, allowing all that is there to be there. Investigating and being curious as to what is showing up and then nurturing with self-compassion all that is there. And then lastly, just taking a moment to rest in the awareness that you are also connected to a greater whole, a greater consciousness. Just noticing how you're being held and supported by that greater intelligence, that consciousness that we're all connected to. And then just as we did at the beginning, is taking a deep inhalation and exhalation. And when you're ready, if your eyes are being closed, just gently opening them again. And perhaps stretching or doing whatever you need to do just to come back. Mm.
1: Thank you so much for that. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It
0: was just Very beautiful.
1: So amazing just to get reconnected, you know, with the body, with the emotions and coming into a place of nurturing them. You know, I think we all need to come back to that place often. You know, especially as an empath and, you know, recognizing when, you know, maybe feeling um guilt or shame or you know over having emotions in general which is a big theme pattern I I see a lot and so um, recognizing that they are very valid and and we just have to like just honor them in that beautiful beautiful way so thank you
2: yeah thank you and definitely such a great reminder and um, as I said earlier that kind of practice is something we can do on a daily basis and uh, it's something I need to continue to practice. and uh, as you said, before, you know, we're all on this healing journey, and the healing is never over. And I think just remembering that we we, we all need to take time for ourselves to yeah really nourish and um,
1: yeah, offer that compassion. So thank you, absolutely. And thank you so much for being here today with us, Jules you're welcome
2: it's been an honor thank you so much for having me it's been yeah. great to talk
1: absolutely and thank you for listening to our show stay tuned for more episodes being released on mondays at 5:55 a.m mountain standard time and if you like this show share the love by sharing it with your friends and if you want to support the work we're doing please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and if you feel called please honor our show by reviewing us on itunes and until next time love yourself love each other and love the world we love you guys
0: love you guys take care talk to you you later Namaste. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics.
1: And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are Souls on the Journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.